0: all right well we are back hope everybody had a great holiday season uh with their loved ones and we've got new years coming up on the horizon too so hope everyone's enjoying an end of the year the holiday season we took a little bit of a hiatus here on the show uh, of course to spend time with our family and friends as well uh but we are back we're excited about it a lot's happened mark and uh you know what happened most recently that's uh why we decided to do a show here on friday kind of yeah uh, launch ourselves into the week 17 preview with a lot of implications, of course, this week. Uh, but we did just see the Cleveland Browns clinch themselves a playoff berth. And I wanted to toss it to this real quick uh, touchdown passes this season Joe Flacco 13, <laughs> New York Giants 13, Carolina Panthers 13, Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> and Tennessee Titans 12, and the New York Jets 11. So Joe Flacco, who came out of the scene. Wow, uh, You know, mid-season after mid-season, really, uh, has four thrown more touchdown passes than five franchises in the NFL so far. And, uh, wow, well, big, much deserved there for the 38-year-old as he puts himself uh, in a in, in great position here to not only get him, his team a playoff berth, but they're competing, Mark, for not only the AFC North potentially here, they are still alive for the one seed in the AFC. How about that for the Cleveland you know- Browns?
1: I will say the the Cleveland Brown story is like a weird microcosm for the whole season it was. If you were to go back in uh to us in August, you know, late September, early August, uh, you know, or sorry, late July, early uh, August. October. Oh, we okay. would have gotcha. we would have been talking on the show about the preview, like, oh my god, this season's gonna be incredible. Look at all the quarterbacks. I mean, it is we've never had better quarterback play in the league in our lives. And 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 how many times we talk about the AFC being like you know, two or three of these guys aren't going to make the playoffs. You know what I mean? You're going to, you have so many guys, Lawrence and Herbert and, and Allen and Burrow and, and Rogers and, and Russell Wilson. And here we are. It's, it's December 29th. We're in week 17. And we're talking about Joe Flacco and the Cleveland Browns being maybe the second best team in the AFC this morning. It's an incredible, incredible microcosm in the sense that, We've seen a ton of quarterback turmoil this year. And we've seen from the star quarterbacks that have played through the year, a lot of underwhelming performances and a lot of underwhelming statistics. You know, we're used to, especially with the added game, you know, 17 game season. We we feel used to last year, you're seeing guys, multiple dudes throwing 30 plus touchdown passes, putting up big numbers. We have multiple guys making a case for the MVP. This year, it just feels like it, it, it all felt like that, that you know, that kind of the uh, housing market collapse of 08 or something. You know what I mean? It just feels yeah. like that quarterback bubble burst. And uh, what's left standing in the AFC is now, can Josh Ruin. Allen make the playoffs? Uh, and will Patrick Mahomes have anyone to catch the ball in the playoffs? And Joe Flacco might be uh, leading and being, playing the best quarterback play in the NFL right now. Um, It's a fun story, and I will say we'll talk more about it here in a second, but I I think to me the biggest thing to take away from it all is that if you were like us and like a staunch, anti-Deshaun Watson, staunch, anti-Cleveland Browns for what they did, which I think is most casual football fans in general, how are you not rooting for Cleveland to go deep? I mean, at this point in time, the most fun we can have and the most chaos will be Cleveland in the AFC Championship game, and God forbid they win it, and the Browns end up in a Super Bowl with Joe Flacco. That is ultimate chaos for the off season, and what they do with Deshaun Watson that contract, it would be hilarious. It would be one of those things that would be so juicy for us as sports and football fans, like just to talk about. It would be an endless amount of radio and podcasting chatter. Uh, just like, and the, the hot takes to be flowing is for what Cleveland uh, should do. So if you're rooting for chaos, root for Cleveland at this point in time.
0: It reminds me of the Michael Kane line uh, with uh, <laughs> some men just want to watch, want the, to world watch the world burn. <laughs> and, uh, that is the NFL in it 2023. Is. We have got so many implications coming up this weekend. A lot of great games to look forward to as it's do or die time for many, many teams throughout the league. We preview all of week 17 coming up
1: next.
2: Serving the Quad Cities area since 1973, and with over 50 years of excellence on their track record, you'll see why it's so easy to trust their experts when it comes to all of your home improvement projects this family-owned business has you covered on all your needs. Protect your home or building from the elements today and get great roof repair services. Need new windows? No problem. Durham Remodeling can upgrade your windows and doors. Whether you want to upgrade the little details in your home or office or want to tear a room down and start fresh, the expert contractors at Durham Remodeling have your back. Even the smallest changes can completely transform your space. Ready to start entertaining your friends for backyard barbecues? Durham Remodeling will help you plan, design, and build your deck and patio for the perfect outdoor space. Durham Remodeling's work is 100% guaranteed, so you can rest assured that you're getting the best service around. Call 309-786-6715 today for your free estimate for all your roofing, siding, flooring, windows, and painting needs. That's Durham Remodeling, 309 786 67 15.
0: So, looking at the week 17 quarterback slate, including <laughs> yesterday's game, we this is what we have to look forward to Jaron Hall, Mason Rudolph, Joe Flacco, Trevor Simeon, Bailey Zappi, Taylor Heineke, Gardner Minshew, Aiden O'Connell, Tyrod Taylor, Jacoby Brissett, Jared Stidham, Easton Stick, and Jake Browning. So we talk about the the, the yeah. quarterback lineups, you know, um, I, I just wanted to add real quick because you mentioned it right before we went into the show open here is it's almost worse for the Josh Allens, the Patrick Mahomes of the world. If you are in the state you're in, if you miss the playoffs or if you, you know, in Patrick Mahomes case, getting ready to play his first road playoff game like this is kind of embarrassing when the, when the oh. league gave you all of the opportunities that you'll probably ever get in your NFL career, starting with Aaron Rodgers going down in the AFC and then all of the subsequent injuries yeah. that we've had this year. It just makes it that much more amazing what the Browns, for instance, are doing with how many injuries they've had this year. Uh, to me, Kevin Stefanski coach of the year almost pretty much locked in. I mean, the fact that they had this playoff berth, but yeah, it's it's wild the uh, quarterback terrain out there, and it's even more wild that the Chiefs are in the state they're in, that the Bills are still fighting for a playoff spot. It's crazy, crazy year.
1: It really is. And I think um when you look back on on the Thursday night football game and and by the way, could Jacoby Brissett has like a hamstring twing, a twin just that I yeah. saw yeah, so he may not me. even play against the Niners. They, may, they might have to go back to Sam Howell. Um What I will say, and I know we'll talk about Russell Wilson and the benching here coming on up shortly, but like when you look at at this year, when we look back at this year as a whole, one that's going to be the storyline for the teams, for the players like a Josh Allen, for the Mahomes, the guys who made it through the season healthy, for you know Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott, And, and Lamar Jackson now is a huge is a huge name in this too. Yeah, if they're taking
0: advantage of it. If Ravens. you
1: don't win it this year, you may have missed your window, right? I was joking. I, I'm I'm good buddies with a diehard Ravens fan, and and he is just on cloud nine after that Niners win and everything, and I've already just started to joke with him, like, dude, it's an asterisk here. Like, you're going to win. This is an <laughs> asterisk here, you know? This is like a LeBron James bubble championship. It's an asterisk, you know what I mean? Did you really win? You know, I was saying, I was like, if you don't beat Mahomes – and Allen in the playoffs, and then you you go on to the Super Bowl and you beat the Lions, you know, the Detroit Lions in the Super Bowl. Does that really count as a Super Bowl Did win? Like, asterisks, you know what I mean? But that's kind of what this year is, is leading up for. And if you are, if you're a Kansas City Chiefs fan, you got to be really kicking yourself because you're like, wait a minute, all these breaks went our way. If we would have just invested a little bit more in the wide receiver room, we could be running away with this thing. And if you are... Any of those other teams, the Lamar's, the Bills, the Jacksonville Jaguars, right now have got to be really frustrated as a fan base because this should be the year you could try to take advantage of all these openings. That it doesn't look like it's going to happen, and maybe except the Cleveland Browns are doing it, Joe Flacco is doing it. I don't know if he's get, if the clock will strike midnight on Joe Flacco anytime soon and he'll turn into a pumpkin. I don't know. I, like I don't know if Cinderella, the glass slipper is going to fall off his shoe. But right now. They are the hottest team in football uh, besides the Baltimore Ravens. And they beat the Ravens earlier in the year. I mean, they can beat this Ravens team because they're in division. They know each other well. Um, and uh, you know, they won that game last night, Dan. You gotta remember, they don't have Chubb. They don't have um they don't they didn't have Amari Cooper last night. They're missing yep. key offensive linemen and defensive players. Jack Conklin,
0: their tackle, Jadrick Wills, O'Juan oh, Jones. Like, they lost all of their tackles.
1: So, I don't uh, know if that's crazy. a good or a bad thing as far as the longevity of Cleveland. I'll just say it's really impressive what Cleveland's doing. It's yep. a fun story right now. And for the Browns, who a lot like the, the 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 Lions for so many years, we all kind of had a soft spot in our heart for them because they're just the lovable losers like Cleve, like Cleveland and Detroit. You know, you throw in some other teams like there, Washington. You kind of heartbreaks them because their owner was so bad for the last twenty years. Uh, Chicago can never get the wheel, get it going multiple years in a row. There's some of those, you know, kind of downtrodden franchises that you're like, "Oh, come on, I, I'll root for you a little bit. I have a soft spot in my heart." Well, the Browns completely ruined that two years ago when they did what they did with Deshaun Watson, and they became public enemy number one and how quickly they've just become back to like, oh, no, this is an awesome, fun story. And uh, it, we'll see how it all ends and what it concludes with. Unlike Denver right now, that is an ugly story, which, again, a lot of people yeah. are turning on on Denver, and kind of rightfully so. And it's weird to see players actually come out in support of Russ because so many guys have just for so long crapped on Russ. Now you're seeing guys come out and support him with his benching. So it's a topsy-turvy uh, NFL right now heading into a giant weekend with some really big matchups
0: yeah so well uh, for those watching on YouTube we'll uh, share the screen here and kind of walk through the playoff seating as it stands <laughs> right now so in the AFC four available playoff spots remain so we have the Ravens Dolphins and Browns that have all clinched a playoff spot there are three spots up for grabs in the NFC, the 49ers, Eagles, Lions, and Cowboys all have clinched a playoff berth. Of course, nobody has clinched a specific seed as of right now. So that is still all in flux. The one seeds are up for grabs. And uh, you know, obviously some matchups this week will be big in determining how those uh those chips fall as we go on. In the hunt here, as we go down, Chiefs, Jags, Bills, and Colts. Uh, are all kind of uh, yeah. know, hovering there in the seating in the AFC. The Buccaneers, Rams, and Seahawks currently in good positioning as well. But all of these other teams here still very much in play. Even your Chicago Bears have somehow an outside chance uh, of getting to the postseason. They do. But you see the A 1% chance. 1% chance. You'll take it for sure. Um, so that's that's kind of where we stand right now uh, heading into Week 17, a lot of this will change after this week, which is why these games are so incredibly yeah. important. Uh, re- coming up here, uh, you know, in in the next few days, we're we're gonna have a lot to talk about next week, and of course, uh, the the week after, going into the postseason.
1: You know, Dan, I think yeah, well, as we get into it, we'll we'll talk so much about the importance of some of these matchups. You know, um, a lot of to me, what I'm focusing in on is that two seed in the NFC. I think that's going to become a really hotly contested race. I feel like we're like uh, on the political board, like Steve Warnacki or whatever it is on NBC. I'm in my khakis. You know what I mean? I'm touching the big board. That's, you know, it's too close to call in Ohio right now. That two seed in the NFC is going to be a fascinating race. The Lions still can win the one seed. I think they might actually have a real chance to get it. Um, But if they don't, getting that all important two seed is going to be crucial because it looks as though the way the the NFC is going to shake out is that you're going to have most likely either the Eagles or the Cowboys at five, and then a really solid team that's playing good football like a Rams at six, which then opens the possibility for the seventh seed is going to be a Bears, uh, a Saints, a Packers, a, 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 a Seahawks, a team that is a Vikings, a team that is really beatable. And so can you lock up that two seed to secure the home home game? And also, even though you don't get the buy, you get the most winnable first round matchup. That is going to be the one to really keep an eye out for, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, still super valuable. Obviously, you want the one seed to get that lock in that home field advantage throughout. But it is very impactful to have that two seed. You get the best matchups, as you mentioned, and you have a very good chance of hosting multiple home playoff games, uh, as opposed to, you know, four seed or, or, you know, any of those wild card spots yeah. for sure. So yeah, lot, lots to look forward to, uh, as we kind of move uh, through those rankings and, and see how that shakes out moving forward. But let's look at some of the matchups this week. Then, uh, as we kind of preview week 17 here, we mentioned the Browns beating the uh, New York jets, 37 to 20. So they get the victory there on Thursday night. We have one Saturday game that belongs to the Lions at the Cowboys. Huge game. This is a very important one. Obviously, we saw the seeding there. Lions need to win this one to keep uh, their hopes for that one seed alive. The Cowboys needing to win here so that they can still potentially take the uh, NFC East division away from the Philadelphia Eagles and put themselves in contention for that two seed. So, Uh, These are big ones. I think the Cowboys actually could still get the one seed as well if they went out and have some help along the way too. So this is a huge game. Uh, The Cowboys obviously hosting. They're a much different team at home than they are on the road. But the Lions, they're scrappy, Mark, and they've obviously had somewhat of a resurgence here uh, lately. They had a a little bit of a down down portion of the season, but they've gotten a little bit more healthy now. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown is doing what he does. Jameson Williams has become more involved in the offense as of late, and they've been winning without Sam LaPorta having huge, huge numbers and performances. So I feel like that's got to be encouraging for Detroit. Uh, Meanwhile, you know, the Cowboys who have uh, stumbled here are probably going to be extra motivated uh, coming home after two straight losses, trying to right their wrongs uh, from two road games. And uh, and now they get their their final home game of the season. So obviously a lot of emotion uh, here for Dallas and Detroit alike. But I feel like Dallas probably has a little bit more um, emotional, you know, investment in this game. But to your point, I mean, the Lions haven't been in this position for decades so I feel like they're going to be uh, plenty motivated to, you know, fight for that one seat here in this yeah, one. And pers- I, I personally would take the Lions to win this game.
1: It's a perfect trap game, right? And the idea that like Dallas comes home after two bad losses on the road to Buffalo and Miami, they're licking their wounds. They're, they're fighting, scrapping, clawing still for the division. And, um, the Lions were popping champagne and smoke, smoking cigars last week. And so you think, okay, one team's going to have that little bit of a hangover. The other team's going to be the highly motivated team at home. Listen, the Detroit defense has played better as of late. It's still not anything special or to write home about. And Dallas, we know their offense uh, is electric. And at home, their defense plays really good football. But I'm with you. I'm I'm on Detroit this game. I actually think you're going to see you're going to see a Detroit team that comes out extremely motivated. I I think Dan Campbell's the type of guy and this team the way it's built is not the type of team that is going to just rest on oh we won the division that's great. I I really think this Lions team is going to come out and and they match up in my opinion just really well against Dallas. What Dallas does well the Detroit Lions could take advantage of. Like they're their they're, strength on strength and I trust Detroit strength. Their offensive line can hold up against the pressure that Dallas will try to bring, and then listen. Dallas likes to play man coverage, and Detroit's got a ton of man beaters, and Amon Ross, St. Brown, and and Laporta and Williams. That they got speed, they have weapons, and Jared Goff is extremely accurate, uh, especially in the play action game. Listen, I think Dallas is going to come out desperate. I think this is going to be an over game. I think it's going to be a kind of last team that has the ball type score. You know, thirty to twenty seven, a high scoring. This is Monday Night Football on Saturday, primetime Jimmy Johnson being entered into the Cowboys ring of honor. So I think there's a lot of, you're absolutely right, a lot of emotion uh, for Dallas, a, a kind of a must win, it feels like for Dallas. But remember, four weeks ago, what did I keep saying about Dallas? They're going to lose, you know, four straight. Now they beat Philly, but then what did I, I was right and they, they lost to Miami and they lost to Buffalo. Part of this streak of losing was losing to Detroit. I'm not gonna waver off of that. I, I I predicted it to go this way. I'm gonna stick with it. I like Detroit in this game, and I like it to be um a sneaky type of game where Jared Goff has the type of game where you start maybe after the game looking around, going, Wait a minute. If the Lions get the one seed, Jared Goff's numbers are pretty damn good. Why is Jared Goff not maybe in talks for a possible MVP sneak in ballot? Mm. Especially if especially if the Dolphins find a way to beat the Ravens, and Lamar stumbles a bit. Maybe you go to that next one in line. I also know – I think players aren't dumb. The Lions, if they went out and the Eagles went out, the Lions will be ahead of them for the one seed. The Lions don't need the Eagles to lose. Right now, the only reason the Lions are behind the Eagles is because of strength of victories. Like That's the only tiebreaker, but because but the Lions – play the, the the Cowboys and then they play another team that's close to five hundred where the Eagles are stuck on the stretch of Giants, uh, I think commanders Giants or something really you know below, well below five hundred teams, that will flip. And so the Lions will will win out. If they'll get the one seed if they went out and the and the Eagles went out, knowing that the Niners just have to slip up again. And the Niners have a very losable game next week, week eighteen uh, versus the Rams. So I think the Lions know that. I think they're going to stay motivated and hungry. I like the Lions in this game.
0: Yeah. Dell is favored by six in this game. I would take that all day from the Lions perspective. Plus six and, for uh, sure. Even, even
1: just take the mo- month, take, take the number. Lines, take, but, yeah. But
0: take the number. Yeah. Yeah. Take that spread if you can get it for sure. Uh, speaking of trap game, the Bills play host to the New England Patriots. Would there yeah, be God. any more motivated coach to play spoiler than Bill Belichick after the year he's had? He's yeah. already matched his uh, worst loss total of a season with 11 losses if he loses this game it'll be the worst in his career uh, you know the guy doesn't need much motivation to compete he's a competitor of course he's the best coach in history but that being said you know the Buffalo Bills have so much to play for here their backs are against the wall and they're riding a three-game winning streak so it's like are they like are they gonna mess up and you know, take this win streak for granted and say, "Wow, the Patriots are terrible. Are they going to do what the Steelers did earlier this year where it's like, oh, we can't lose to this team. And no, the New England Patriots can still find a way to be feisty and somehow win. Obviously, the Bills have way more talent here. I would pick them to win, but it's dangerous. It's a dangerous situation. The Bills play at home, but New England's used to that climate. Uh, This could shape up to be a situation where Bill Belichick gets one final dig at the Bills, Ah, uh, before potentially his way out of New England. So, what are your thoughts on this matchup? Where obviously the Bills are the only team playing for anything meaningful in terms of the 2023 season.
1: It's I wouldn't I wouldn't call this the trap game. I'd call this the look ahead game, right? Like their eyes are on Miami next week. Now they survived the trap game, which you had last week with the Chargers because the Chargers gave them everything they could handle. Going, I think they were 13 nothing. You know, interim head coach. Everyone, it was just that rah-rah effort, right? And the Bills found a way to win that game. That gives me confidence that they will find a way to win this game, right? Like last week was the one where it's like I was really nervous about Buffalo because the interim traveling across the country, you're expected to win. The Chargers just got blown out, like embarrassed. And so they they were able to survive that, which means to me mentally – They're a tougher team than I think we we give them enough credit for, and and credit to Sean McDermott and his staff for doing that. Also, I think Buffalo absolutely knows that they winning out is the key for them. Like they're, I think they're in playoff mode at this point in time, and they don't need to be motivated to beat Bill Belichick and the Patriots. The line is thirteen. I would, I would maybe take the Patriots plus thirteen. I think it could end up being closer than you think. The other reason I don't believe in 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 New England to win this game is they won a really ugly game against Denver last week, right? And Bailey Zappi played about as good as Bailey Zappi could play. I don't know if we're going to get back to back Bailey Zappi playing good games. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, it's going to take that to win. And I think that yeah. the fact that Buffalo has found their run game and they're at home, I the number if you're looking if you're looking for the value, I think the value is in the Patriots plus thirteen. Uh, but I, I still think Buffalo's going to win this game.
0: Yeah, I'm seeing, I'm seeing Buffalo by 14 here on the oh, ESPN okay. app. Um, I would take it even so, more than plus. Yeah, 14. I mean that's that's a huge spread. Those hardly ever pay out, So that's um.
1: And and I think for sure, us as fans, and again, I, I speak a little bit of like what I want to happen. You know, you try to just truly just analyze it, but you can't help but what you want to happen. I want Buffalo to win, and for and for the Ravens to win, and so we get. The showdown week eighteen, Buffalo, Miami winner takes the division. How do you not want that? Like that's that's well, what I'll you- tell
0: you how if you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, you do not <laughs> want that to happen. <laughs> but I can understand from the alpha perspective, yeah. you want epic games in week eighteen, that would certainly be one, um, for sure let's uh, move forward to the Atlanta Falcons who are playing against your Chicago Bears. The Bears are down playing for that 1% playoff chance, but obviously the Falcons playing for uh, a way to stay afloat in the NFC South, which is so tight right now. And we have a another NFC South matchup coming up, which will be very uh, impactful to that division. But The Falcons need to win to go to eight and eight and have a prayer at taking this division. If they lose, I don't know what the scenario is, but I feel like that would be close to elimination for Atlanta. If not
1: elimination. I think it would be. I think they would, they need, they're like the bears where they need a ton of help. The bears, they need the Rams to lose out the Seahawks to lose out, which are possible, but the Rams are on the road against the giants. I mean, they need a lot of help. I I, I don't think – for me, I'm not looking Bears playoffs right now. It's yeah. fun to joke about. What, but for me, what I'm looking for in this game is, hey, Atlanta is the team that everyone always says that they should trade for Justin Fields, right? They're the team that everyone says they should trade for Justin Fields. So Justin Fields grew up in Georgia. He was a Georgia recruit before he transferred to Ohio State where he led them uh, to a national title uh, game. And, uh, you know, one of handed Trevor Lawrence, one of his only two losses in college football. And I will say, I think this is a, this is a put money on Justin Fields on over everything. I, I, Atlanta's defense is really shaky. The bears are at home. So he's got a lot working for him, right? That defense is going to be in the cold out of the dome in Chicago. He's got that kind of Atlanta connection, Everyone back home is going to maybe come up for this game or watch this game. He grew up as a Falcons fan. You know, there's a lot of just that, like, good vibes for Justin Fields to have one of those surprise games where he shows, you know, every, every three or four weeks when he's healthy, he has that spring game, right? 100 yards rushing, 220 yards passing, two touchdowns, a rushing touchdown, no interceptions, and he looks like the second coming of Michael Vick, and that's at times what Justin Fields can do. The problem has always been consistently him doing it. I feel mm-hmm. like this is ripe for this type of moment. And again, the Bears just hurting themselves in the draft stock uh, and making it all the more confusing for their fan base and for me every day, week in and week out. Whenever I go anywhere, everyone asks me, Justin Fields, what are you doing? It's all. It's I think it's ninety percent of my conversations uh, in life in general at this point in time are about Justin Fields and what are we doing. And sure. so, um, and so, yeah, I, I like the Bears in this game. They're at home. Atlanta indoor indoor birds outdoors on the on the lakefront windy cold a uh, little wet chilly it's been uh, snowing here Taylor Heineke yeah I just yeah. think there's a lot that points to Chicago's favor this weekend and that defense listen the Bears defense has been playing extremely good football in uh, since the Montez Sweat trade and I think they can take advantage of this Atlanta offense for sure.
0: Yeah, Atlanta has run its course at this point, I think, and uh, they've reached their ceiling. They may eke out another win, but I don't have them winning out the rest of the way. So my best bet is they lose this game, and uh, we'll see what happens in Week 18. But I think it's going to be between the Bucks and the Saints with that matchup coming up in just a little bit. But first, we'll focus on the Raiders at the Colts. The Raiders trying to continue that Antonio Pierce magic from the interim head yeah. coach, while the Colts are... Really trying to hang on to that, you know, wild card seating there that they have currently. But a loss to the Colts would really make things complicated and would put them in a position where they do not control their own destiny. So right now, the Colts in desperate need of a win here. They are favored to win this game against the Raiders, who have Aiden O'Connell running it back for the team. But obviously, and, they, and the Colts do get Michael Pittman. Ah, uh, back. It seems like uh, he has cleared concussion protocol, but has not been named active for the game yet. But I anticipate that will come in the next day, and so that's big. They get their wide receiver one back, Jonathan Taylor, back for his you know second full game from injury. So the Colts are bringing their full you know slate of uh, of playmakers here. No Zach Moss, but with Jonathan Taylor, you don't need him. So uh, you know, as a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, I want the Colts to lose. Um, but I'm really in um in a position where the Colts are playing well, they're getting healthy at the right time, and the Raiders just are starting to not, you know, uh, hang on to that magic that we saw earlier this season, uh, from Antonio Pierce and company. They're still good, still think that he should be the head coach, but I think the Colts have more in this game and uh, and they're at home too. So if there's even a 50-50 split. I'm going to give the edge to the home team here. And uh, that happens to be Indy.
1: The Raiders won their Super Bowl last week. They're not going to I don't think they're going back yeah. to back. Yeah. I, you know, it, they beat the
0: Chiefs. They, they, led on Christmas. The, they squeezed every ounce of uh, juice it, out of that one.
1: Yeah. On Christmas Day, it was an incredible win. The Chiefs looked like poop. And they, I mean, they won that game with their quarterback, not throwing a pass in the second half. Like, I mean, it's an insane win. Which, not just the second half, the last three quarters. I think it yeah. was just past the first quarter. It was an
0: ugly, Crazy. ugly,
1: ugly win for for the Raiders. But I think, they, yeah. I think they play well in this game. I think they play against the Colts well. I think they get up, but I, I, I'm with yep. you. The Colts, better team. Uh, they have more to play for right now. Their path is still really in front of them. This is a really winnable game at home. I don't see the Colts slipping up here. I like Garner Minshew to actually be able to move the ball. Pittman coming back. Uh I'm 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 gonna roll with the Colts in this one. And then that, the that eliminates the Raiders. And I and I think that's yes probably the right thing and uh and which let's start getting rid of there's so many of these seven and eight, eight and seven teams. We gotta start separating and get rid of some teams. So part of part of my desire for the the Colts to win is to just be like, all right, I don't have to worry about scenarios anymore.
0: Yeah, I think one thing that going into next year's preview I'll try and be more cognizant of is having more middle-of-the-road teams because coming into the year with the predictions, I think had a lot of like five- to six-win teams, but as we're seeing, there's a lot of seven-eight-win teams out there right now, and that's really what's what's packed into the middle of the NFL. Uh, One of those teams is the Los Angeles Rams at eight and seven. They go on the road at the Giants, who will be turning to Tyrod Taylor to start. Uh, for the remainder of the season. But the Rams, uh, you know, as we've talked about here, very much playing for the playoffs, which I didn't anticipate uh, being the case at this time of year, but they have really played well down the stretch here. They, too, are a healthy unit. And so uh, the Rams are five-and-a-half-point favorites. They have a lot riding on this game. Uh, If they lose, they are then also talking about multiple scenarios where they don't control their own fate in Week 18. And nobody wants that to be the case uh, in the final game of the regular season. So the Rams with a really good opportunity here to solidify themselves in the NFC playoff race. How do you see this one playing out in week well, 17?
1: You know, I've, I uh, love the Rams. I picked them to win the division. That's not going to happen, but I, I think, you know, my, my gut feeling on the Rams has really come true. Now I didn't know Puka Nakua would be Puka Nakua, who he is. And he's phenomenal. Yeah. He's been fantastic. But. I will say, I think the Rams are a, a lock for this game. They're playing a brand of football right now that can travel, whether it's you know, home, away, good teams, bad teams. No one has played the Ravens close in the last 10 weeks except for the Rams and the Browns. And I mean, that, that says a lot about the type of team the Rams are right now. They lost on the road in Baltimore on a Punt return in overtime. I mean, that's how close that game was, and so I, I think the Rams are a team that again sees their future in front of them, sees the opportunity they have to uh, to be able to win out and get themselves a date with a you know with a you know possible Bucks team or a you know a possible uh, you know Cowboys or Eagles team that they could match up pretty well against in the first round of the playoffs and um i think uh, i think it's matt stafford playing great football those wide receivers against that that back end of that giants defense uh, i'm going to trust i'm going to trust the rams but part of it is i like tyrod taylor i think tyrod is is a is a really really solid spot starter quarterback in the nfl but there's a lot of like back and forth and lack of continuity and the tommy devito thing was kind of fun now it feels like the giants are just back to being like okay they're just not yeah, they're yeah. just not good it's and
0: th- that run that run it's magic a lot of people comparing it to the jeremy lin it is very uh, similar yeah
1: very similar and i think that's just over now and so i think you'll see a giants team that understands to the best thing for us to do is to lose and a rams team that knows that they're playing for a lot more right now
0: yeah for sure no question all right moving forward to the saints or sorry the cardinals at the philadelphia eagles Cardinals obviously nothing to play for here actually they they have something to lose for here yeah, yeah exactly but the Philadelphia Eagles obviously with that one seed still in uh you know in sight and they're they're sitting there at 11 and 4 12 and 4 would really put them in a good position here uh to potentially get that one seed but also further help them get that grasp on the NFC East title that the Dallas Cowboys uh still have in play so the Eagles Obviously, with a lot to play for here at home against, you know, a Cardinals team that's obviously better with Kyler Murray, but they're still not, you know, a a formidable bunch. Uh, Eagles got back in the win column last week against the Giants that snapped a three game losing streak. So you'd like to think that they are back in gear. Cardinals this week, Giants again in week 18. This should end the season on a three-game winning streak for the Philadelphia Eagles if they are a team to be taken seriously. So with that being said, I do think that they refine their groove, put themselves in a good position to launch into the playoffs behind a lot of momentum. So I actually have them winning pretty handily here against the Cardinals and doing so against the Giants in week 18 as well maybe not getting the one seed uh, i i will, will, you know the 49ers have themselves a a pretty you know decent shot at that too uh but i have the philadelphia eagles getting one step closer this week
1: yeah the saying is a win's a win right like you just need to win the game it's, it's kind of how i feel about buffalo this week i don't really feel that way about philly a win won't just be a win for philly they need to win this game they need to come out early dominate early sp- sp- pad some stats get your mojo back and beat the crap out of a bad team and, and, and really give yourself that confidence offensively hit a couple big plays, score a couple easy touchdowns defensively cause some havoc, you know, uh, let some guys tee off, pat some stats and, uh, and get out of Dodge, you know, win this thing by 1720 or more points like that's, that's how I'd yeah. feel good. If this game is again like last week where they get out early and they let the cardinals back in and then it feels like they hang on to dear life for a victory, your faith in the eagles will just be that. It'll be a coin flip. Like they can score with anyone, but can they consistently do it? They just haven't shown it over the last 4 weeks. So they need to come on out and have a dominating win. I'll take the eagles to win. Um I hope they win big, but I just want I'm not sure. I I feel confident they'll win, but a win's not just a win for them this week.
0: No, yeah, it definitely has more meaning to it, for sure. Uh, the, one of them, probably, I, I I didn't think I'd be saying that the saints was would be such a, a must-watch affair, but, you know, at this point you in the season here, it? both these teams are playing for the NFC South Division title. If the Buccaneers win, I believe they clinch it. Yep. Uh, yes, they would. So the Bucks can absolutely clinch this one. The Saints— would put themselves in a position to still get to the playoffs and clinch the division title pending what happens in week 18. So the Saints are basically playing for their playoff lives. The Buccaneers playing to just secure it now and uh, and maybe give themselves an opportunity to arrest some people in week 18, which would be crazy to think that they'd even be in that position. But the Buccaneers have been surging lately. The Saints have kind of had this roller coaster. that. Pretty much the whole second half of the season here, so Saints have more to prove, but the Bucks have so much on the line in terms of making all of this yeah. worth it, you know. And so that's that's kind of a lot of pressure.
1: No, the- I'm I'm all on the Bucks of this one, and and I know that kind of scares me because it seems so obvious. They're at home, yeah. they win, they lock it up, and then they can rest players against the Panthers next week. And then they'd host a playoff game. Like it seems so easy. And like, this is how it makes sense. And so, and, and also new Orleans is one of those really volatile teams that we've seen them go on the road early in the season, like against new England and yeah. beat new England. What was that? It was like 30 to nothing at like halftime. Like this is a team that when they put things together and they actually, you know, play sound football can be a, you know, an impressive football team. But the problem is they are the most inconsistent team maybe in the NFL right now. And I, I'll say this at this point in time, I don't think Todd bulls is a great coach. I think he's a fine coach. I think he's a good coach. I know Dennis Allen is a bad coach and I know the bucks are having a lot of fun and they are playing with house money. And I know yeah. there's a lot of pressure in new Orleans and those fans are frustrated The team is committed to Derek Carr in this big contract they signed him to in the offseason. They don't like their head coach and they shouldn't like their head coach. I'm gonna go with the vibes on this one and just trust that we think the Bucs will win. The Bucs are the better team. It makes sense that the Bucs will win. I'm just gonna stick with that and say the Bucs win. Now, knowing that, we'll be looking at that game and be like, oh my God, the Saints are up 24 to 7. And like, what the hell happened? You know what I mean? but sure. I, I'm I'm going to trust my gut in this saying that the Tampa Bay's been playing really, they, it's not that Tampa Bay's been beating up a bunch of bad teams. They have just been playing really good football against some okay teams and, and taking care of business. I think they do the same again, in division at home. I heard a stat somewhere today. I think it was on pardon my take. New Orleans is playing their on ho- outdoor game for the first time since like mid October. Huh, that's crazy. Like, that's I know crazy. it's in Tampa. It's not going to be bad weather or something, but I, I, I just like I'm, I'm going to stick with Tampa, roll with Tampa, and then I think Tampa will and smartly should rest guys next week, which makes me yep. very nervous because that means the Panthers might get their third win of the year, and then I don't know how that works mm. for tiebreakers all that stuff, so I'm, there's a lot on the line for me.
0: That's for sure, but the Bears will still have a very juicy pick to sell, but yes, the number one pick obviously holds much more weight. Uh, the 49ers go on the road to the Commanders. Uh, if Jacoby Brissett doesn't get the start, then it's back to Sam Howell, who has had a really rough go the last month or so. I feel like this is a win either way for the 49ers. Yeah. Jacoby yeah. Percet, little rusty, not super good. And yeah, he may not turn the ball over as much as Sam Howell has. Uh, but it, you know, if you're the 49ers, you're not really scared of any of this. And on top of it, Brock Purdy's coming off of a four interception game. They're not going to remotely you know touch the commanders that. are here against the commanders so it's They're over dead. for Washington and the <laughs> 49ers will probably route them in this game.
1: Obviously. You know I mean I, this is the worst spot to be in in the world yeah. if you're the if you're the Washington commanders. But actually this is what they want cuz about 5 well, weeks yeah, ago Well yeah you go to 4 and 12 I mean about yeah, 5 weeks ago they made the, the 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 not so public decision to basically go into tank mode. They traded Sweat, they traded Chase Young and they've just they've lost ever since and I think this is a perfect way for them to just be an absolute punching bag for the Niners. We're going to be angry. We're going to be frustrated. And the Niners know they can still get the one seed if they go one and one down the stretch here. But that's like they can't go zero and two and win the one seed. So when exactly. they got to win, this one's the gimme. The Rams game will be a tough one. I, I like the Niners big in this game for sure. I think Purdy bounces back. I'll say this, you know, we didn't obviously get to recap the games from last week. I'll, I'll just say this about that game on Monday Night Football. I don't think that the 49ers are now a bad team. And they didn't play it a necessarily a really bad game. What what I, what I my feeling from that game was, and, I, and correct me if you think I'm wrong, Dan, was that the Ravens just are a fantastic matchup against the Niners. Because what the Niners do really well with Brock Purdy is really quickly distribute the ball to their playmakers in space, and then and they, they let Debo, they let Ayuk, they let McCaffrey, and they let Kittle get the yak. The Ravens are the best gang-tackling team in the NFL. That's like a real stat, and they are – when you watch the game, it, like, you can see it. Guys catch the oh, yeah. ball, and there's three Ravens on them. I mean, it's wild, and that's why I'm – I'm really concerned if I am Kansas City having to play Baltimore, if I'm a team like the Niners having to play Baltimore again. Teams like the Bills, they don't play the game the same way that New England, that uh, that Kansas City and, and San Francisco do. They could just take advantage of Baltimore because they're just going to try to beat you one-on-one with deep plays. They're not get guys in space and then hope for a yak, right? that's just not it's a different type of offense and that's why i think miami's in real trouble we'll talk about that coming on up here but i just wanted to quickly say i'm still high on the niners the problem the niners are going to face is the next time they play the ravens might be in the super bowl and the ravens just are a bad matchup for them but the but the niners will have revenge on their side so they'll you know that'll out, that'll play a, a some sort of factor in
0: Well, they they have one glaring weakness, which could be a problem come playoff time. I mean, this was really, you know, genius scheming by the Baltimore Ravens and and prepping their biggest issue. The 49ers is that if they are taken off script, it's they're in shambles almost, right? They can't play from behind. Most teams can't take them off script because they're that good at dialing up a script and they have too many playmakers to where they'll find the open guy quick anyways. Totally. But if you are able to neutralize their weapons early, they they don't have the capability to improvise and create uh, outside of structure. And so that, that is the way to beat the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, first and foremost, you have to stop the run, which is the, the Ravens' ability to, to kind of take uh, McCaffrey out of it. Really puts you know uh, everything on the shoulders of Brock Purdy, and if you know if the rest uh, kind of takes care of itself uh, with with the uh, scheming, then then you're good to go. So yes, that the, the one glaring weakness. If they but if they can get their rhythm uh, in a game, then it's pretty much over for the opposing team. The Panthers go on the road of the Jack- Jacksonville Jaguars, and what I thought maybe three weeks ago even would have been a gimme game. The Jacksonville Jaguars have really stumbled the last two months of the season, honestly. Uh, Trevor Lawrence has not been playing well. Granted, he's been hurt for probably half the season here, and he is still banged up with that high ankle sprain. Looks like he's going to play. Then, yeah, then the concussion. Now it's the shoulder injury that's popped up. Uh, It's looking like he wants to play, and, and they very well might have to have him go out there even though you would like to think that this is a game that they could afford to not have Trevor Lawrence in. I'm not sure that's the case, and this is a must-win for Jacksonville. At 8-7, and they are still fighting to have the AFC South. They're kind of lucky that C.J. Stroud wasn't available for the Houston Texans the last 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 couple weeks, because if he was, the Texans would be the leaders in the AFC South, and the Jacksonville Jaguars would be playing for their lives, their playoff lives, uh, and and hoping for a wild-card spot. They're lucky to be in the position they are, but this is a must win. Yeah. And, you know, they're, they're just, you know, who knows? I mean, man, the Panthers could win this game. I, I, I would take the Jacksonville Jaguars, obviously, Mark. Um, but I don't know if they have to start CJ Beathard. What's going to happen? You know, pa- the crazier things have happened. And, and the Panthers are still trying to win games with Bryce Young and still try and do something. So. Yeah. it could be one of those nights for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and and a season that just crumbles in front of our very eyes.
1: Jags got really lucky that the Colts and the Texans lost last week in their oh, loss yeah, it's as well. Huge. And so, yeah. I, I, listen, I, I I'm back on the. I think this is a Jags. This is their get right game. Get I really, right. yeah. I really do think that. And that's not just me saying as a Bears fan. I really need the Panthers to lose, but I, I which I do. Um, that's very obvious. But the I all signs point to. Trevor Lawrence and this offense being able to use the Panthers to just find some momentum, right? Get your run game going. Get the play-action pass going again. hit Hit a couple big plays and get out of dodge, right? And then live to week 18. Fight like heck in week 18. Clinch that division. And then you're hosting a home playoff game again. And they made it to the second round last year. And you know, you never know what can happen if you get the right draw in the playoffs, you just you you never know how all that shapes out. So I think Jacksonville setting themselves up for a very similar type season to what they had last year. I think the problem is we just were so it was kind of unexpected last year with Jacksonville to be to pop that quickly and to be as fun as they were. This year has just been a slog. It has been hard, even when they were winning at eight and three. Nothing, it didn't look right. They weren't dominating teams. You know what I mean? Yeah. They've been a lot like Philly this year. where are like, man, they were, oh, well, the record was good, but it, it didn't seem 100% right. And now the record's not good. And now they're, you know, lost, what, four straight. It's just getting ugly for Jacksonville. Must win. I think they take care of business.
0: We've got five games to get to remaining here in week 17. But first, We'll pause for a quick word from the for frequency sake podcast network. The NBA season is in full swing. And of course the NFL season is just ramping up to the playoffs. So we've got you covered with plenty of shows covering uh, all of your needs from fantasy to betting, to just commentary like us here on the football lounge. So uh, take a listen. We hope you uh, enjoy and, uh, and be sure to like, and subscribe anywhere you can
3: for frequency sake has you covered on all things sports from the squared circle to the hardwood and the gridiron to the speedway. We've got something for everyone. Walk down the aisle with the boys from Cards Subject to Change every Sunday as they take a deep dive into everything pro wrestling. Need your gambling fix? We've got you there. Enter Pit Row with Rod Villagomez and Fast Money as we win the checkered flag with NASCAR, Xfinity, and Truck Race winners and props. Football more your style? Explore the waters of NFL DFS with DFS Deep Dive with Brian Craighead and Jordan Kernan each week. More into the science portion of the game? We've got a double dose of action there. The Professor John Bush and Dennis Michelson take you into their science lab and dissect your week in the data lab. Want an analytical take? Nick Gurl and the team at Gridiron AI come to you each week with the lab. Need to know who to start last minute? The network's flagship show, for fantasy's sake, is here in a pinch. The fellows come to you live every football Sunday from 10 to 1130 Central with the week's best DFS, gambling, and lineup advice. And wrap up your Sundays with Joe Winkle and Nick Brinks as they come to you live with educated ignorance looking at all the day's action. Can't get enough of Joe? He comes to you three times a week. Not enough football on Sunday? Not a problem. Kick your feet up at lunch on Monday and slip on into the football lounge with Mark and Dan while they look at the week that was in news, notes, and more. For frequency's sake, you know what we mean.
0: All right. So let's move on to the Tennessee Titans at the Houston Texans. Titans, of course, have already been eliminated from the playoff contention, but the Houston Texans still have a shot at the AFC South title and a wild card. If possible, they're getting CJ Stroud back. Big moment here for Houston. Uh, hopefully that there's not much rust from for their sake on the part of CJ Stroud. Meanwhile, the Titans are turning back to Will Levis, who Good. is healthy and will start this game. So. Uh, you know, for those who are looking for the AFC seeding shakeup, you know, Will Levis here for the Titans, uh, you know, might make this one a little bit more difficult for the Texans to pull off. But the Texans still, of course, favored in this game to win. They would get go to nine and seven if they do so and really put the pressure there on Jacksonville and the rest of the AFC in the race here. So uh, what are your thoughts on this matchup? Is Houston? I mean, obviously, they're deserving the way they have played this year. Oh, yeah. Um, but do, do they feel like a playoff team in your eyes?
1: Well, I mean, the fact that they stole a game with Case Keenum and uh, and were able to stay alive a little bit in the two weeks that uh, CJ was out. I, listen, again, Houston is is playing with such house money, and I think they know that too, and I think there's a looseness. They're so young. They don't know what they're – what you know, they almost don't know the pressure yet, right? And, uh, rookie head coach led by a, a star rookie quarterback. Now, I, yeah, I like Houston a lot in this spot. I think Houston will go in, take care of business. There's, Tennessee's not going to make it easy. Tennessee is, is is Mike Vrabel tough. They're going to battle. You, I love how creative they're getting with some of the Derrick Henry stuff here in the last couple of weeks. It'll be a fun game. I think this will be a fun game to watch, but I'll take Houston winning tight. Uh, you know, C.J. Stroud kind of does it again, late-game heroics, to keep uh, to keep the Texans alive. I At this point in time, I, I, I want I kind of want Jacksonville to win the division and for Houston to find a way into a wild-card spot. I think that would be a, a a possible fun matchup to see Houston, you know, oh, yeah. on the road at a uh, you know, at a Buffalo or at a at a Kansas City in round one, I think could be really fun. And so I'm 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 kind of rooting for something like that.
0: That would be exciting, no question. I think the way Houston's played this year, D'Amico Ryan's what he's done with that club, I'd like to see them in the postseason. Pittsburgh and Seattle are both in very similar situations. They're both fighting for their playoff lives as well.
1: They both need Um, to win.
0: They they both need to win. uh, You know, both need to win out and Pittsburgh uh, going on the road for this game. will start Mason Rudolph. That became official uh, today. So um, it will be Mason Rudolph yet again, the right move for Pittsburgh after, you know, the performance they got from him. That was the best quarterback performance that, the Steelers have gotten, which is, you know, kind of sad to say, but it was objectively just a good quarterback performance against Cincinnati this past week. Different here on the road, hostile environment, uh, against, you know, an overall, uh, probably better team in Seattle. Uh, it's going to be a tough test for Pittsburgh. Seattle, obviously, uh, you know, is, is putting, putting the position here with, you know, Geno Smith back and, uh, Trying to make a run at this thing, uh, great win last push. week. Yeah, it, it was big. It was a big win for them. So you know, obviously an emotional one for Drew Lock and company too. So you know, there's there's just a lot of things uh, you know working on both sides of this equation. This is probably one of those games where like it, it it's fairly even. Uh, it somewhat feels like the Saints Buccaneers matchup. Although I think we both agree the Bucks are um probably going to win that game. This one's hard for me to tell. Um, maybe I'm. You know, creeping a little bias into here, but I do think the Steelers win. It's just kind of that—it's kind of that Mike Tomlin thing where you know he just like ends up getting the team to rally no matter what the cause and what the situation. Uh, I just feel like Pittsburgh always puts themselves into this like very dramatic Week 18 do or die moment, and they play the Ravens Week 18. It very well could be you know winning in type of situation. And so, just for like, you know, history, and I do think Pittsburgh matches up at least decently well. I mean, Seattle's defense is pretty bad. Um, so, I'll give the edge to Steelers here, but I, I don't feel confident in that. I think it could go either way.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think it is a very much a coin flip kind of either way game. It's just a tough travel week for Pittsburgh all the way to Seattle. And Seattle knows that they are, you know, they have a, a more clear path as far as winning out and getting in and having that this, the chance to get in uh, versus Pittsburgh does, you know, Pittsburgh's got to, you know, you need some things to really break and fall your way. Pittsburgh, to me, it's interesting is, is can Mason Rudolph do it two in a row, right? Can he, right, yeah. can he find that magic and get that second one? I mean, obviously they fed, they fed Pickens, which was smart to do just, he's the diva wide receiver. He's the star feed him, feed him, feed him. Cause the other guys weren't feeding him enough. And you know, hopefully, it opens up other things. I would stick to that game plan, right? Seattle, uh, their corners aren't exactly Pro Bowl, All World corners. Can you can you get the ball, the Pickens, as much as possible? And hopefully, it opens up some play action, some other things with the run game, uh, to where you can stay alive in this game. Because you know, the Seattle Seahawks, Gino, they, listen, Walker's a really fun running back. They have offensively, they're fun to watch. Seattle, uh, so can D- Pittsburgh's defense hold up? I'm gonna take Seattle because they're at home. It's a tough travel for Pittsburgh. And I just don't think Mason Rudolph could do it two weeks in a row. My question to you would be before we move off this game if Mason Rudolph wins it, do you just ride with Mason Rudolph the rest of the way? Or, yes. or is where's Kenny at health wise? And this, you know, the whole thing was he was supposed to be like three weeks, you know, ankle sprain. That's why they got the surgery, like get him back quicker.
0: Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, if it's well, ugly I mean, they- The optimistic view was this week, but, you know, most were saying, okay, even after surgery, like week 18 would be like the quickest. I I think he's probably healthy. I mean, they haven't ruled him officially uh, active or healthy for this game yet. Uh, But even if he was, I think, I think knowing how Mike Tomlin has operated in the past and just if you're Pittsburgh, I just don't see how you could do it, you know, in the situation that they find themselves in. I think they had to go with Mason regardless this week. And yes, if he wins, if they get a victory, I think it has to be Mason the rest of the way, even in the playoffs. As much as you want to get Kenny Pickett playoff experience. Uh, um, yeah, that's my And thought. I guess it would depend what happens week 18 too. But I think he gets the start week 18. And I think there's a short leash. I think, you know, if he gets the start week 18 and first quarter plays terribly, then you throw Kenny Pickett in there. But I think it's really hard for Pittsburgh to put Kenny Pickett back in in a must-win game, and if he struggles, to then bench him again and put Mason Rudolph back in the game. I think that's a a really volatile situation. Yeah, you you're right. You in there with the quarterback, you're right. I think you're much better off saying Mason has earned the right. He played the the team played the best with him in there. He's at least staying in the pocket and get and and going through progressions which we hadn't seen from either of the quarterbacks. So um, I think he has a short leash. I think if he does struggle for a half, they'll put Kenny in there next week uh, or this week, and then maybe ride it out the rest of the way. But no, if he wins, if he plays well, I think it's it's, keep riding it. And Tomlin is the guy that's like, we're not going to change it for the sake of changing it. If it's working, Uh, We're not going to do it just because it feels right to play the rookie quarterback.
1: I just feel like that's you've just learned your answer though, because like like on Kenny Pickett and what his future should be. Like the thing is, like I just it's so weird to think you have a chance in the really big moments for your franchise, and you have a guy who you're still undecided with if he could be your friend. You know, Mason Rudolph's not your franchise quarterback. But you 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 want Kenny Pickett to be right. You've invested in him. You want him to grow, and he would have this chance week eighteen to beat a division rival uh, if he's healthy enough to go, or in the playoffs, healthy enough to go and and prove that he belongs, um, and to win a big win a big game for your team. You'd, you'd like to see him get that chance, and I guess you could always argue, hey, he was struggling because he just you know what his ankle, even though he's medically cleared the rust and he just wasn't ready and you could protect him maybe in that way from the media. Right. If it, if it got ugly and you benched him for Mason, uh, but maybe the smart thing to do is you put Mason in there. And as soon as he shows any sort of wavering, if the is, sh- you know, if he wins this week and he, and he struggles early against Baltimore, then you go to Kenny and you can just say, all right, Kenny try to go win it for us and be a hero.
0: Yeah, and I think you know it it would crush Kenny's confidence if he started and then got benched again, right? So that's one thing you don't want to do with your young quarterback. But two, if the ultimate goal is to win, and and you went with Mason Rudolph the final two weeks of the season, and you get to the playoffs and you're going to a playoff game, if the goal is to win, how in the world can you justify to your locker room that we won three games down the stretch to get ourselves into the playoffs with a guy our best? with Mason and we're going to go back to Kenny. I know that. I mean, if the goal is to win, you're, you're, you're really struggling or, or playing with fire in terms of the locker room. And what's the true message that yeah. we're sending to the guys. Do you actually believe Kenny gives you the best chance after the But isn't that also Maruk? a killer to
1: Kenny's confidence? You're talking about killing Kenny's confidence. You pull it him. Is. I yes, just
0: think, but, but you can always tell Kenny, look, man, I mean, you were injured. It sucks. But Mason stepped in. We were winning games. We had to ride the momentum. That's an easier sell to Kenny than, hey, we brought you back in. And, oh, nope, you're back to the bench because you I just think at this point you may have
1: inadvertently learned your answer. He might not be the guy, though. He might not not
0: be the guy. And and next year, if Mason Rudolph, I'm not saying he's the franchise guy either, but next year you go into it and it's a legit competition. And you say, maybe we do have to go through a year with Mason Rudolph as a starting quarterback. Kenny gets benched as the backup and you know that that either does wonders he comes in week three next year and goes on this surge and now he's the starting quarterback of the future or if he doesn't mason plays fine the rest of the year you're back to where you're finding your franchise quarterback again but i just think you you have to go with the hot hand
1: or you just trade you know three future first round picks and minka fitzpatrick to the bears for the number one pick
0: (laughs) yeah well we'll see We'll see about that. I don't know if the Pittsburgh would go that that uh, deep for it, but I, I, I wouldn't necessarily be upset at all. Uh, the Chargers go on the road to the Broncos. Uh, the Broncos have something to play for here, but clearly they're yeah, kind of signaling that it's done. They're, they're playing uh, for,
1: uh, can we,
0: can we pay uh, Jared
1: Sinem no it. money and he can yeah. start us?
0: Yeah, yeah. Obviously, the big news coming out of the week is Sean Payton and uh, the Denver Broncos announcing that they are benching Russell Wilson, the guy that they paid a boatload of money to, a boatload yeah. of picks to trade for. They are benching him the final two weeks of the season because money, because they would owe him if he were to get injured Uh, at, in March of 2024. That would toll his contract guarantees in 2025 if he were injured. So they are protecting uh, their pocketbook, and um, they're, they're you know, trying to save themselves, themselves an out here.
1: Yeah, they're. It's, it's so, about forty million dollars. They're, they're trying to save, right? I think it was like thirty-nine yeah, 37, million,
0: thirty-seven. And I
1: and and I think no matter what, if Denver moves on from from Russ, correct me if I'm wrong. Like it, it's going to be like it, the next two. They're going to owe a ton of money. Yeah, yeah, the next two years are ugly. Now they can in a trade get someone to the hope for Denver is you can trade him right. And you can get that team to take on some of his contract, right? And there are a lot of teams that are going to need a quarterback. So I think there's a possibility you could. The problem is now Denver's also showed their cards, is that a lot of teams can look at Denver and go, why should we give you anything for him? You're just going to cut his ass in a couple weeks anyways. So it's a little bit of that, like, you got to find the right buyer who wants to, like, we want him. We don't want him to hit the market. We'll take him. We'll show him that love, and hopefully that rights the wrongs. There are some spots for him, and we can, we'll have a lot of talk about that in the offseason. I will just say this. Who cares about this game? I, I, I think Denver wins. I think Stidham plays well, and I think it's all this kind of – it'll add to the juiciness of the story, right? Sure, that's going to be yeah. my – that's my prediction. Dan, this is what I want to talk to you about in this spot here, the couple minutes we have for this game. The best thing that happened to the Chicago Bears over the last three days was the benching of Russell Wilson and the benching of Sam Howell. Two more organizations just showed you, and now maybe we're talking about the Steelers as another, just showed you we're waving the white flag in our starting quarterback. That adds another two teams to the pool of like the five or six teams we already know who are yep. going to be aggressive in the quarterback market. And so that is great news for the Chicago Bears. Because now you can look, start really looking around at people saying, no, 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 if you want the right, as of right now, again, knock on all the wood, please, God, let the Bears end up at the number one pick. But if you, if this is the way it goes, it really, you can start really, really making phone calls and driving the price and get what you want because the other teams now know they're not only competing against one other team. They're competing against five, six, seven other teams For that right to draft the guy they want at that, you know, before anyone else gets a chance to get their hands on him. And that's great news for the Bears as an organization. For, you know, they got a haul for the last number one pick. They can get more for this number one pick, mainly because of supply and demand. And because this number one pick with the presumptive in Caleb Williams is a better prospect than Bryce Young was.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, very true. And I've seen a lot of rumors floating out there of uh, Chicago Bears fan pages trying to will a Justin Herbert to the Bears trade. Uh, uh, I got bad news. Uh, There's no reason for this la chargers to move off of justin herbert here unless there was just this massive massive haul and complete reset that they're looking now, for but that just doesn't make sense can i can like, i just say it, guy.
1: i can i just say it makes a tiny bit of sense a tiny bit in the sense that Maybe. they're in la they are desperate for fans you have yes. the kid who's a star already in LA. Yeah would, th- that part who would makes love sense. to play in LA, right? You have weapons on offense, okay? And the Bears would probably agree too. The the Chargers are not rich, right? The Spanos is they're not the the, the richest. They're gonna try to b- buy themselves a new head coach. You could argue with the new head coach, listen, we're not even going to make you make Justin Herbert a start. We'll we'll go get Caleb Williams for you. Then you guys can just be on this timeline together, right? And you guys can can build the organization how you want. So I agree the likelihood of it happening is low, but I don't think it's a total zero makes no sense. The number one for Justin Herbert straight up, I think is a really interesting, fun swap. Now, if they really want to get out of cap hell, as a Bears fan, I would happily do number one and a fourth rounder for Justin Herbert and give me Khalil Mack back for just a, a really fun just a fun reunion, that right? That would certainly be fun. Yeah. I think that's so
0: certainly. Can I just say
1: this again before we get off this topic really quickly and then we'll when we'll move on. We got a lot to get to here, still go. This is the best mock draft I've seen to someone, a, a, a guy who's a you know does a lot of mock drafts and all that in the you know the fake fantasy world. This is to me now my official dream scenario. In this mock draft, the Bears trade the number one overall pick to Washington for the third pick and a first rounder next year, along with a couple other things. Right, the Bears would then have number have the ability to maybe take marvin harrison at three right if the if the cardinals go different route or then they would also have the ability to trade number three if if you trade washington number one and you get washington's next first round pick and some more picks and you go to three and then arizona takes marvin harrison at two you then can say who wants drake may who yeah. get ahead of, get ahead of new England, get ahead of all these other teams. You could trade back again for enough. You could have three first rounders next year based off of this number one pick. So, and then that's what I would argue with Chicago bears fans saying, well, yeah, but you need to blah blah." blah. it's like, no, no, no. But then if Justin Fields thinks, if Justin Fields doesn't take the final leap with all this help in year four, after you commit all these other resources, you get all these picks. You didn't have three first round picks. To go get your guy next year, you yeah, you could get whoever you wanted. You spicy could get whoever hot. you wanted next year, and there's there's a ton of good quarterbacks coming out next year in the draft too. So it's a to me that's as a Bears fan, I just want it on the record that's the thing I'm now looking for. It's make
0: win win in general. Was make
1: Washington go to number one, and then you have you can control the draft again for the two quarterback spots. Let Marvin Harrison go to uh, Arizona that's my that's my new like hall scenario all right let's move on to the final two games the
0: Bengals on the road at Kansas City the Chiefs uh, need a win obviously to get the sour taste out of their mouth from the Las Vegas Raiders loss but also just to keep pace here uh, in the seating and, and try and put themselves in a at least good position to host a playoff game past the first round Uh, But they are in that position they find themselves in right now at 9-6. and Uh, The Bengals, meanwhile, absolutely it's a must win for them with Jake Browning and and company at the helm. Tough matchup here, but I take the Chiefs to rebound. They're six snap point favorites. Uh, I just trust Patrick Mahomes and company to get it right. The Bengals' defense is terrible. A lot of opportunities here for Kansas City to get to their 10th win and probably end up finishing the season at 11 wins and a little bit more comfortable, a little bit more momentum as uh, Patrick Mahomes gets ready to play his first road playoff game in his career which is
1: It's crazy. a it's a gigantic must win for Kansas City and I think for Kansas City they they're coming into it at the right time because we saw Jake Browning turn into a pumpkin last week right it was like ooh yeah that's that's the Jake Browning we've been we've been waiting for that was ugly those are not good interceptions uh those are not like the Brock Birdie tip interceptions those are some bad that's some bad football there so if Kansas City ends up this game being closer. They don't win. Well then, I mean, all bets are off with Kansas city right now. Let's get through this week. Then we can judge. We'll, we'll judge Kansas city more properly. They had an ugly, ugly loss at home and, uh, and, uh, uh, against a division rival. And so they need to bounce back this week.
0: Yes, for sure. Absolutely. I mean, they need it for a, a morale booster. They need that locker room to, Get just engaged complete and ready for the deep ball. It's just,
1: yeah, you need just a, yes, like yeah. throw one bomb where it's just a four, a fifty yards travel in the air. A guy beats a guy over the top. I don't remember the last time I've seen Kansas City do that. Honestly, I know
0: that's crazy. That's crazy to think about. It's just the corner routes from like Justin Watson that we've seen every now and yeah. then. Or Noah Gray, um, you know that's the twenty-five yards down the field. Yeah, we need we need to bring back the forty-five yard, fifty-yard bombs for sure for Kansas City to. Feel a little better about themselves and the ability to score at at a whim, which, and, and then run really Pacheco, just like
1: lay yeah. lean on Pacheco, and just want a more traditional offense. Like you got really cute, it got ugly, you lost. Like go back to some hat on hat football, run run some play action, take a deep shot, run the football, and and put up big numbers and and get out of there.
0: Perhaps you're excited for the Monday night game, but. I'm not necessarily you mean Sunday night? actually the Sunday night game, excuse me. No uh, Monday because
1: the college football playoff.
0: Right, right, yeah. Um so the Packers at the Vikings. I know that there are playoff implications here. Obviously, they're I'm you excited know, trying to this. fight for a wild card spot, but I just can't get amped up for a Packers Vikings matchup with you know Nick Mullins and you know no
1: Jaron Hall Er, Jaron Hall sorry Jaron Hall Hall, my goodness BYU I think he's the BYU kid or like Nevada or something like that. Yeah. Uh, is he Utah? Uh, he no, was yeah, actually, the kid. He, I, right, he was the one. Remember, a couple weeks ago, I said, like, why not go back to him? Like, he.
0: Right, right. He, yeah. He the, was. He's BYU, by the way. Yeah. And he's a right. rookie, and he's um,
1: really mobile. He, I yeah. really liked him coming out of the draft. So that and That is was, a little bit more interesting now. I, I
0: forgot already, because that, that does make it a little more interesting. A little like more interesting. Him- little more interesting would like to see the Packers kind of fold (laughs) in in this situation absolutely I would yeah there's a little bit there I still think it's it's weird that it's the Sunday night matchup I would have rather had Bengals Chiefs in there or you know one of those other Dolphins Ravens would have been a great primetime game here but nonetheless we get Packers Vikings um yeah I, I still think the Packers to win this one I think they're the better team overall and um and so so I'll take them in this situation. But uh, I, I guess it should be a close game. I don't think anyone's running away with this one.
1: Listen, I, I don't know how you trust the Packers at all right now. I mean, they are in the Jair oh, Alexander are, story. Yeah. I mean, that whole thing that was a so coin bizarre. toss. So I guess I never heard and Jair Alexander. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I guess I just could never have pictured hearing Jair Alexander speak until that video of him with the sunglasses talking about. It. I'm like, uh, did they trade the wrong guy like this, dude? He, like, he just, like, screamed complete diva, not Green Bay at all. Just like, totally not. Um, weird. No, like, like, very careless about it all. Like, uh, you yeah. know,
0: whatever. Yeah. It, it, what a bizarre
1: story. And he's like, benched for this game, isn't he? I think they yes, benched him. Yeah. And so, I mean, listen, we'll, we'll
0: quickly throw it out there for anyone who doesn't know real quick. Like, he he was only captains get to go out for the coin toss, right? And And he's not voted he, a captain. And he was not voted a captain for that game, but because he was from Charlotte and it was against the Panthers in Charlotte, he felt like he was obligated to go out there and represent his hometown. So he, he went and crashed the coin toss, which is a no, no. And then he also said, you know, speaking for the defense, like we want the ball when the coaching staff said, we want. Well, you he know, said.
1: He said we'll a put defense the defense the out there. Which, if you if you don't say the words correctly, like defer, then what can happen is you you can put your defense out there to start the first quarter and the third quarter, like right. you like. Yes. And so he was. And you just he I didn't put love them in po- a
0: position where he, yeah. uh, he, they could have had to uh, be on defense for both the first quarter Ugly. and. And after I'm the glad half. the
1: Packers benched him because it's one of those things yeah. you're like. No, no, no. And that press and this conference that new, you know, the interview afterwards is just ugly. Cause he, again, there's no ownership of like, listen, my bad. I should have, I should have ch- I, I checked with the coaches to make sure it's okay. Like I, he did think I say, I think there was a misunderstanding. Like, I don't think they knew I was from Charlotte. Or whatever, but like, hey, yeah, up but that was game. more about him saying like they should have put me out there as a captain. That yeah, game. but it I'm was also, like, it was
0: almost like he was digging his heels.
1: Yes, I'm, place. and I, and again, I'm I'm okay with him having the reason for it, but I'm not okay with then the days go just kind of like whatever, and yeah. like, y- 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 I know you're not the quarterback, but you're a little bit of this. You're a star player on that team, a face of the franchise, and uh, in a year that he hasn't had a great year, he's been really banged up. It just was ugly. I. I'm riding with the Vikings. I'm riding with my guy, Jaron Hall, and I want to see the Packers lose. And then the bears go beat them. week 18. Yeah. I, that's what I
0: want. Yeah, for sure. Um, so that's that, that will wrap up the week 17 slate, really which, quickly. Pretty much every game has as a meaningful, uh, impact. They, one yeah. College
1: another. football yeah. playoff. Any, any, any yeah. insight, Michigan, Alabama, Rose bowl, Texas, Washington at the yeah. sugar bowl. I think,
0: yeah, so um personally um I like Texas in this game, but I think most like I I want Texas to win the game. But I don't know. I mean, it's uh that that that's a difficult to me that's the m- more difficult matchup. I have a lot of confidence in Michigan to be quite yeah, honest with you. I do. Too. I, I I think Michigan is the best bet of the, you know, College football playoff to make it to the championship, and so they got team of destiny vibes to Michigan. Yeah, yeah, and they just—I mean—they play such a physical brand of football that it's you know, and and Alabama, like it's it stacks up well with Alabama. Obviously, Alabama can win. They're Alabama. Oh yeah, surprise a lot of people, but I feel good about Michigan's chances. I feel good, like they also, like to your point, they have this whole like the world's against us type of thing. To where they they have that vibe around them, and Michigan's yeah. obviously been been trying to get that national title. So to me, Michigan's the the national championship winner this year. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. It's it's a tough call for the other game. Um, but
1: my yeah. heart says my heart wants Michigan Texas because I I just think that'd that would be, be really awesome. fun. That'd Big awesome. brands, different yeah. brands, and I've I've always been a diehard Longhorn fan. Uh, you know that my mom went to Texas. Yeah. And so yeah. I've always like I you know, growing up in Illinois, you don't really like unless your parents went to like Illinois or went to Northwestern, like you don't you don't support Illinois football because it's such a pro sports state because of the Chicagoland yeah. and Chicago sports. There's not much community, yeah, yet,
0: like around so Illinois.
1: Yeah, I and I mean, there's not a Notre Dame fans, but like I, you know, was never one of those. So like I'm always always a Texas Texas guy for my whole whole life. So I'm I'm all in on Texas, and I and then I'm pro the Big Ten, um, which means if it is Michigan versus what Washington. Big 10 champs. I mean, because Washington, right, right. even though they're in the Pac-12, they're Big 10 next year. So then you just get to exactly. say Big 10 dominates. Or if it's Texas-Alabama, then it's an all-SEC final because, again, Texas joining the SEC next year. So either way, one of the conferences is going to have a really fun chance to, like, you know, dominate the the discussion, yeah. right? And um, Definitely. the matchup I don't want to see is Alabama-Washington, because I just think that's going to be one of those where it's not a great Alab-
0: storyline.
1: It's not great storylines, and Alabama will be like Alabama, Texas would be a lot of fun because you have the history of that, the storylines that started Saban's dynasty. Maybe this is the end of Saban's dynasty. Um, you know, injuring Colt McCoy, uh, that last great Texas team, uh, mm. and then mi- and then obviously Michigan, Texas, two giant brands. Harbaugh, Texas is at, is Texas finally back. Uh, you know, but then Washington, also Wash, watch out, Washington, Alabama. They'll it'll be fun for Washington because they'll be the undefeated team. Michael Penix Jr. Uh, the epitome of the transfer portal. You can make those storylines, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm, my heart and my eyes are hoping for Michigan, Texas.
0: Well, that should be a a, a very fun one, and w- and we'll be back at it on on Monday to discuss. Uh, you know the the week that was Week 17 in the NFL, but also uh you know to see what happens uh you know
1: are we going kind of, monday kind of or of are we going forward. tuesday well monday, actually we could work. go
0: tuesday monday yeah 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 we'll go tuesday actually let's do that let's enjoy the tuesday. holiday yeah. the day off work and then we'll get to talk about those games uh a little bit at the beginning portion as well that makes more sense so let's let's go that route so that will be something for you all hopefully to look forward to uh our loyal listeners and viewers here of the football lounge we appreciate you uh tuning in again we hope everyone has had and has a great holiday season enjoy the weekend that should be very uh, fruitful uh for all fan bases uh, across the league but especially those that are just fans of the nfl like we are another really exciting week ahead and we'll be back next week to recap it all